much does Ian hate TOG? So much. Actually, so much. I hate this story so much that I would probably watch the entirety of One Piece in Spanish before I'd ever want to read this thing over again at any point in time. These people are paying me to uh, help read the story with them. Um, I can't stand it. Every week they have to drag me out of my house, actually, with a whale crane. They actually have to rip my roof apart, and they have to pull me out of my bed because I lock all my doors, and they drag me in here, and that is the only way I will read it. But no. AOA, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kenway. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with the boy Isaiah. Yo, yo, yo. And today we are talking Tower of God. It is our questions of choice given to us by our lovely folks in our Discord. If you're new here, I'll quickly break it down. We got the top seven questions from our most previous stream covering the previous chapters. This time we are covering chapters 251 to 259. So if you catch those live streams, you got an hour after the fact to hop in our Discord, go into TOG questions, let us know what would you like us to answer. We break down the seven most upvoted questions and then Isaiah and myself and Gavin if he's with us will break down our thoughts on the questions that you guys have put forward also stay tuned for future days in the week where we will sometimes have a part two to this breaking down some of the other questions that you guys had asked us as well so don't shy away from asking questions even if yours doesn't get chosen in the initial selection that doesn't stop it from getting chosen in the second round so Anyway, we're going to talk about our questions today. If you guys like the content, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting that notification bell so you don't miss any future videos, sharing with your friends, and commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of our discussion? What did you think of these questions? What did you think about these chapters in Tower of God? And what are your thoughts on Tower of God as a whole? Also, just as a reminder, make sure you guys are subscribing to our new YouTube channel. It is called AOA Reactions. The link is in our description. Um, you can support us there for any future live live streams where we have to react to something, any sort of episode reactions, etc. All reactions, all on AOA Reactions channel. So check us out there for that sort of content. But anyway, hopping into the discussion, we have seven questions. The first one comes from Big Dumbass. <laughs> Never will get over that <laughs> name. Um, thank you for the question. He says, how much does Ian hate TOG? So much. Actually, <laughs> so much. I hate this story so much that I would probably watch the entirety of One Piece in Spanish before I'd ever want to read this thing over again at any point in time. These people are paying me to uh, help read the story with them. Um, I can't stand it. Every week they have to drag me out of my house, actually, with a whale crane. They actually have to rip my roof apart, and they have to pull me out of my bed because I lock all my doors, and they drag me in here, and that's the only way I will read it. But no, I love TOG, of course. Um, but for those of you who are not familiar, it was because what the hell did this come from? What was the joke come from? So it's not a joke. You can deny <laughs> all you want. Um, during the stream, when, at, when Hell Joe's arc kind of got like mm. resolved, you were like, I remember. Man. <laughs> like, I, I just don't think it's that good. And everybody was like, oh, so you just hate Hell Joe? <laughs> you just hate good character writing? You just hate Tower God? You just hate life? <laughs> 
<laughs> now I remember. <laughs> anyway, so that is our first question. And yeah, I um like I said, the Hell Joe thing, I mean, I'm not I'm not completely sold. I don't all right. Hot take here. This was not my favorite arc, personally. Um, not that it was bad by any stretch, but I definitely preferred some arcs over this one. So I think the characters involved within it definitely didn't hit as hard for me. Um, and Hell Joe, one of those characters where it was like, oh, he's great, I love him, he's funny, and all that kind of stuff. But when push came to shove, and it's like, here's an emotional moment with him. I was like, eh. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> I, was like I guess I didn't like him that much, you know, because otherwise I would have felt some sort of way. But it is what it is, you know. We like some things over the others. Some of us just hate life. Some of us just hate Tower God. So that's my answer to this question. Isaiah, oh. what do you think uh, about taking it away? Uh, all right. Um, so just real quick on, on question number one, because I don't want di- to you know discard the question. Um, I think it's honestly pretty unfair that you hate Tower God, that you have anything bad to say about it. And I think if you were a real fan and really like this story, um, you would unwittingly support it in any way, shape, and form. And... Um, absolutely smite anybody that has anything negative to say about smite. it. Smite. Smite. <laughs> you said smite. I thought of that video game. You ever play smite the video I game? Have, yes. Yeah, it's a great game. It is a pretty That's good a good game. one, bro. Anyway. Um, all right, so the second question comes to us from The Fire Potato. She says, thoughts on Rachel's speech to Da Lee. Does she have a, does she have a point? Is she being hypocritical? Does it give you sympathy or does it even worsen your view of her? <laughs> There's nothing uh, short of her dying <laughs> that could um, give me sympathy for her. And I use sympathy as an incorrect in the incorrect sense um, because I wouldn't feel bad for her. Uh, it would just be like, oh, you did something right. Congratulations. Um, no, it really, to be honest, it really does just affirm my hatred that's already existed from her because Dali's whole speech, uh, Dali, Dali, uh, it like, you know, he's like, oh, we've waited this long for the savior and like, the savior is supposed to come and, and like, that's, it's part of destiny and fate. And, you know, Q and Rachel, who's like, nah, fuck all that destiny shit. Fuck all this stuff about fate. Like you should just do whatever is like, you know, whatever you want to do. And you should just do like, what's, you know, what's going to help you in the moment. And it's like, well, that's funny coming out of your mouth, Rachel, because you are a character who has quite literally inserted yourself into, you know, a tale that has nothing to do with you, right? Now, I don't know what exactly her connections are, if anything, to be honest, with Arlene, V, Jihad, the whole, like, bigger, you know, uh, scope of this Tower of God story. Uh, but I would wager a guess to say that they're not great, and they're not these big, grandiose connections. And part of what, at least for me, fuels Rachel's character in terms of understanding is that, like, she is a character who feels personally attacked and wronged by the presence of somebody like Bomb. Bomb, by all intents and purposes, is gifted. Bomb, by all intents and purposes, is liked by people and is able to forge meaningful connections um, and grow as a person. And I think because she would find all that stuff impossible or sheer near difficult to do, would rather tear him and anybody else down and climb the tower by means of stepping on top of people, lying, stealing, manipulating, and killing uh, people. Which just tells me that, like, the only reason she got upset by that is because, you know, in an indirect way, it felt like a personal attack. That, like, oh, we're waiting for the one, the one who was chosen, like, not you. You know what I mean? So, 
I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, not that even I'm somebody who like believes in destiny and fate and all that stuff, but I don't think that's the point in, in reference to this question and in reference to how Rachel responds. Um, no, I don't really think she has a point because I think she's being, uh, yeah, I think she's just being petty about like why, like her, her views clearly reflect her state of mind, which isn't right to begin with. So I don't think there's anything personally that comes out of that that's worth listening to. Fair enough. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, breaking down the question, I, I, I generally speaking, I guess, out of us sometimes, I don't like to use the word sympathy because I definitely don't have sympathy, but I definitely try and, and I know these guys do too, but like take a step back and analyze what Rachel does while trying to take Rachel out of the equation, if that makes sense. And I try and relate her actions to other characters. So in lieu of the question here, it says thoughts on Rachel's speech today, Lee. Um, I, is, does she have a point? Um, I do, I actually do think she has a point. I think she has a point. Now, again, I, I say that in the sense that anyone could have made that speech. And I think that anyone who made that speech would have had, would had, would have had a point. And I think tr you have to try and take Rachel out of the equation. If you're trying to answer, at least in my point of view, if I'm trying to answer that question, honestly, uh, cause I don't want it to be skewed by, Oh, because Rachel made the speech, there is no point to be had. I do think there's a point there. Um, this is coming from someone who's, Favorite manga of all time is Berserk, and literally the entirety of that story deals with its, this exact thing, is fighting against causality and fate and determinism and, and destiny and all that kind of stuff and forging your own path, fighting on in spite of it and struggling. Um, the, the issue with Rachel, though, is the fact that Rachel's means in order to justify that, of course, are all super shady and at the expense of other people. And that's what makes it really crappy and makes you not want to back her. Um, because if it was like bomb who gave this speech or, uh, or Wang Nan, I would say would be a better parallel because he's weaker by all intents and purposes. And he has given speeches similar in some right. Um, you're there. You're like, you're right behind him. You know, if you're, if he's like, you know, forge your own destiny, don't wait on this, you know, like be your own person. I think if Wang Nan makes that speech, it comes across totally different in my personal opinion. So I do, I do think she has a point. I don't know if she's being hypocritical per se. Um, I don't, I don't really think she's being hypocritical because I think she's, she's always, at least in her own mind ha has been under the guise of like, I'm going like I know that I wasn't chosen, but I'm gonna try and and be that anyway. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna fight to do that, even though again shady ways of doing it. So I don't I don't know if I necessarily say she's hypocritical the way I see it. But does um does it give you any sympathy or does it worsen her view of her? I would say my view remains the same of her. I don't I don't think it gives me it doesn't give any sympathy towards her because for the reasons I've stated, I think she's going about about it the completely wrong way. And while I think her speech has a point. Like that point doesn't really hold much weight in lieu of the actions that she's made in the course of the story. Um, and it doesn't really worsen my view any more than some of the other crappy stuff she's done. I'd, I'd say it's it's pretty much right down the middle. But those are my uh, those are my views personally. I don't know. Do, you, do you want to say anything else or you want to hop on to the next one? Uh, yeah, we can go just move on to the next one. Okay. So question three is by Anne, 2005. Thank you, Anne, for the question. And thank you for everyone, by the way, because all of these names are familiar names, which means that you guys are taking an active part in the community every single week when we do this. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, but don't let that deter anyone who is debating on making a question because just because these people are active every week doesn't mean their questions always come to the forefront. So definitely voice your opinion. But anyway, Anne says, what do you think Joe means when he said he can't start over after being stripped down of all the power he once had? He lost all hope of going outside. Wasn't Yurik ignorant of Joe's feelings? 
Was your ex- expectations from Joe much more than what Joe could provide? Yeah, I, I feel like th- this this is an interesting topic for me personally and, and kind of one of my bigger, not qualms in a sense, because like I get where it comes from and I don't think it's like bad storytelling by any way, shape or form or, or anything like that. It's just something that I guess I personally as an individual viewer um, or audience member, the humble opinion of one man, it's not really my go-to story, you know, at the end of the day, it's not the one that like gets me, you know, hyped to go. And it's one that's like kind of sad to see, but I understand the significance of it. It says, what do you think he means when he says he can't start over? I mean, I think there's a couple things to interpret from that. Number one, he, you know, for the reasons he's laid out, he says, he's like, listen, everything's destroyed. Um, I don't have this power anymore, which was kind of a major deal in terms of me ascending to where I was like, I had to go through a lot, this whole coup d'etat thing, toppling the government, the whole nine, like I needed power to do that. And I needed to, you know, and, and if I do this over again, knowing that my perspective was so wrong and everything like that, but knowing how lowly I am and knowing how much I've messed things up, it seems, it seems very difficult for me to start over in the sense of, you know, achieving that goal. Now, do I think he's right or wrong? Um, I don't know. I think I think that maybe he can start over and there is a way, and I think that's the point in it, right, is that he wants to try – you want to try and fight regardless of the fact. And he does state that he, you know, he wants to stay and atone for his sins, and hopefully he would want to, you know, st- he, he would change his mind, that he'd want to start over, and even if it took him X amount of time. I mean, what are years in the tower after all? You know what I mean? If it takes him 2,000 years this time and he does it, all power to him. So I hope he does, um, but I could see why he's, he's, he's uh, a little – deflated right now after everything that just happened after being stripped down of all the power he once had he lost all hope of going outside uh was Yurik ignorant of joe's feelings uh yeah i think so yeah personally i i don't know i think i think <laughs> Yurik. i like Yurik a lot i love Yurik, and um you know i don't fault him per se for giving him the ability to to do what he did with the the red threesha and stuff like that. And Joe sh- showed noble intentions at least to begin with. So it was like, I don't, I can't really put too much blame on Yurik, but, but Yurik was definitely, I think in that moment, I, I saw a little bit of ignorance from, from that perspective because he's just like, dude, it's good. He literally comes to him at the end and gives him this whole pep talk. Like we're fine. Don't worry about it. You're alive. I'm alive. The boys are here. You know what I mean? Like, don't worry. We're going to be able to do this. And it's like, bro, you just like strip me of all of my power. You're you're the fourth, like fourth, fifth, third most powerful person in this tower. You could do whatever the fuck you want, like literally anywhere, bro. Like I step outside this floor, I'm toast. Like I go up a floor, and like giant bees and stuff are gonna just sting me. And there's dinosaurs. And, like I don't know what's going on, right? Like, it's like it's like it's easy for you to say when you could like shoot nuclear blasts out of your finger to be like, bro, you're good. Don't worry about it. I just took the power from you, but like. You know, so it's like, I do think that Yurik definitely, um, definitely didn't word that correctly. I don't think Yurik's wrong per se, like for like a lot of the things he does, but I think that he could have worded that in such a way that would be like, I get this sucks. You know what I mean? But like, let's talk about this, that, and the third till I get where you are. And I know you're feeling crappy right now. What's that, that Captain America, you know, the meme Captain America where he pulls out the chair and he's like. So you got detention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Like, I think that's how that would have been. You know what I mean? Like, some people don't want you, like, they say sometimes where it's like if somebody's going through a rough time or, or God forbid, they're suffering from some sort of depression and stuff like that, one thing that a lot, one 
method a lot of people use that are not suffering through that and that comes from a bit of ignorance and I, you know i would even wager i've probably made this mistake before is they immediately go to like well it's not so bad because of this that and the right. third right the x person has it way worse than you or you know what happened to you it's not a big deal like not that that's wrong a lot of times because people have, but like, that's not, that's not the point, you know, when you're trying to console that person, like yeah. sometimes they just want to be heard. And sometimes, sometimes you just have to be like, that does suck, you know? Yeah. And then you could go, and then you could go from there and you could ease into yeah. ways to like, how do we make this Cause better? it like immediately invalidates what that person is feeling and going yes. through. So if you're like, look, you have it bad, but not at, it's like, dude, fuck off. Yes. I'm, like, you know what I mean? Exactly. And I think that's where Yurik, I don't, I think Yurik's, Heart was in the right place, but I just don't think that he, I don't think that he was fully cognizant of Joe's feelings. And I think that because of the way that he worded that, I, I feel like he committed that, that flaw, you know, that sin in the sense that he was just like, dude, don't worry about it. We're good, bro. I'm your Mazzino. You know what I mean? Like, you're my boy. You're Joe. We can stay here. He's like, dude, it's covered in blood here. This place fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Like, my life sucks and I'm, I'm weak. Like, it's easy for you to say. Anyway, I won't go off anymore. Was your expectations from Joe more than Joe could provide? Uh, well, that's an interesting question because, I mean, right off the, I would say, my mind gravitates towards yes, considering what happened. But I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. So, I mean, when Yurik, I think Yurik's expectations maybe weren't that unwarranted in the beginning because he saw the ambition and stuff that Joe had, and that he w he had a dream and he was willing to fulfill it. Um, I think that Yurik just didn't know where that was going to go. He thought he may have been able to channel that in such a good way, but I think Joe suffered from the power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely type thing, you know, and like all those intended, like look at Jihad, you know, we keep on getting clued in that he was a decent guy to begin with. And then now all of a sudden he's batshit crazy. So like, I don't think Yurik's expectations were unwarranted or that Joe couldn't provide. I think Joe just went down potentially the wrong path in, in doing so. But I, but again, I think there's the argument then that it's like, well, did he have another choice? Cause the people had a vote and they said no. And I don't know, bro, this is like, this whole thing screws me up. Isaiah, take it over. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think, uh, what do we think? What do I think Joe means when he says he can't so start over? Uh, I do kind of think in the literal sense, He's like, I'm done <laughs> because everything that I've built here was built off the back of the Red Threesha. When when you really break it down, right? Hell, Joe, like Joe, uh, as a person, didn't do any of that. You know what I mean? It was people's fear of him and his power that built the empire he had. That built that got him on the seat of the as a leader of uh, South City, and um, so like him losing that effectively. I mean, he even has a moment where like one of the servants comes down and I'm like, Joe, are you okay? And he's like, fuck, I can't let these dudes find out that this is me <laughs> now. Cause like I'm fucked if they do, um, you know, and that it's a lot, it, it, it's because that's such a drastic change from like who the regular hell Joe and red Joe with the three, uh, with the red threesha. Um, you know, it, it is impossible. It is impossible for the normal hell Joe to take any semblance of the control that, that the former Joe had, and so, like, yeah, in, in his words, it is it is impossible to start over in the sense that not only because he's he's built so much uh, on top of that persona, I guess, and that idea, but that like the the the, the real Hell Joe, the regular Hell Joe, isn't 
you know, doesn't see himself as strong as that hell Joe, right? There's an inherent weakness, and I think that's part of what fueled the, the corruption once he got the power of the Red Threesha, um, that he doesn't have, right? He doesn't have that, like, that that will, let's just say, to, like, you know, to sort of stand up and, and maybe try and forge his own path, you know, with whatever strength he does have. And so I and I think that leads into the, the next part of this question here. Um, he lost all hope in going outside. Wasn't Eurex... Wh- wasn't Yurik ignorant of Joe's feelings? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I think that, like you were saying before, it is so easy, and, and this is something that gets into in another question, but it's, it all relates. I think it's so easy for, uh, you know, in reference to Tower of God, uh, these rankers and high rankers and people of power, people of ludicrous monstrous power, to come down on these regulars and be like, "Look, bro, it's not that bad. All right, like." You just get up tomorrow, and you can do better. And it's like, dog, you can literally fly wherever the fuck you want <laughs> and blow up anybody that looks at you the wrong way. If I am the one who looks at someone the wrong way, I get my head cut off. Like, it, it, it is so easy. It's such a vast disconnect between these people, the people of real power in the tower, and the ones who don't, the ones who have to climb and earn it and scratch and forge just, like, the tiniest chip of, like, a semblance of a life that, like, it's not as easy as Joe. J- Joe is literally going to have to start from nothing, literally from nothing. And like, it's, it's not the Joe that he is now, like I said before, is not the same Joe that built this empire. So it's like, and, and not to mention the fact that even if he got like a servant's help, let's just say he'd be doing primarily most of it on his own, which is even how he, th- this, the pr- prior hell Joe got most of his stuff in the first place. He had people like Karaka and, and stuff backing him. So like it, it is unfair, I think, of someone like Yurik and really, again, anybody in that position to expect that Hell Joe, or any regular really, um, can think th- thinks the way they do and, and can perform under the same circumstances that they can. Because if Yurik was to get knocked down and, and, and beat over or whatever, he would probably do that, right? He'd probably get up and be like, oh, damn. I sucked. Like, I'm probably going to, like, fucking be upset for a day or whatever. <laughs> and then just, you know, and then r- let it roll off his shoulder and, and go on to be in Yurik Mizino. But, like, not everybody's Yurik Mizino. You know what I mean? And I think that, well, again, one of the things I love about Yurik as a character in this arc is that I actually don't like a lot of the things he does. But I like that because I think that humanizes him and I think it makes him a ton more relatable than he was in, albeit, the brief uh, scenes we see him in way back in the pre-workshop of season two, um, you know, he's got faults. And I think that's one of his main faults. I think that he, unfortunately, is not immune to the same thing that most rankers and high rankers are are susceptible to, which is just a loss in perspective, right? He, he, I, don't, I don't think he could even understand, like, what Joe is feeling or going through and thinking. And, l- again, like you were saying, I think instead of trying to, like, come down to that level and validate Joe's feelings and be like, look, this sucks, like, you know, like, wh- like, Talk to me about it. He immediately tried to dismiss it and be like, well, don't worry about the problems. Like, th- you'll, they'll get better. Just, you know, treat them as if they're over and they'll get, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's not that's not what's happening here and it's not what this is about. Um, was Yurik's expectations of Joe much more than he could provide? I do think so. I think, um, because I know there's the, you know, there's the whole thing of like, okay, Joe could, because um, my thing is, again, it's easy for somebody like Yurik grab a power like the Red Threesha and be like, oh, damn, this thing's got some power to it. Like, let me, someone like Yurik Mazzino, use this power for good and strive to do better. But again, Yurik has never been somebody that's been oppressed. Yurik has never been somebody that's been powerless and weak and helpless. So to give that much power to somebody like that, 
without guidance is going to probably do some pretty fucked up shit because the first thing I would wager on a lot of those people's minds is revenge, is to get back at the people that have put them in, in whatever position they're in. So if you just toss that kind of power in Hell Joe's hands and then just dip, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I came back to the floor of death whatever years later and this nigga was running shit and, and ruling everybody out of fear and, and like, you know what I mean? Because I, in my mind, it's like, what else would you have expected? You know, if, if you give something like the Red Trisha to someone like Joe, who's never known or seen power um, and no guidance, I mean, how does Joe know? Like, there's nobody to balance. There's nobody to counterbalance that, right? There's nobody to, like, keep him in that straight and narrow of, like, whoa, relax. You're getting a little too, you know, ahead of yourself or, like, you know. Um, so, and I would wager that's the point, right? If, if Hell Joe was somebody who didn't need that guidance, who was, like, you know, all-knowing, let's just say, or even let's just say somebody like Bomb, who kind of just has this, like, supernatural compass that keeps him in the right direction, um, then no, I don't think you'd have anything to worry about. But again, Yurik, Bomb, these are regulars. These are not the regulars. The normal people in the tower are not like these two. The normal people in the tower, when they get real power, are probably just going to fuck people up because that's all that's been happening to them. So I think it is unrealistic of Yurik to expect Joe to just get that much power and then stay on the straight and narrow. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I, I personally, Joe's character doesn't hit super hard for me either. Um, but I don't really blame him because, <laughs> I, I, again, who's gonna tell him no? <laughs> yeah, for real. Anyway, um, I oh, think okay, we yeah. get into the fourth question. Yeah, oh, if you yeah. want to go for it. All right. So the next question is from Epic Games Burr <laughs> or BR. Epic Games BR. Battle rifle. Uh-huh. Um, Halo. Oh, I, that's a thing. Have you ever played Halo? Yeah, but is that is that a the battle rifle? Their gun? They called BR. Oh, for short. Sure. I, I, I forgot. Uh, the, the mechanics of the hidden floor might lead us to interesting interactions that we might have never seen before. Your thoughts on what we might expect, on what might happen in the next arc? Will we see the young family heads, perhaps even someone we've already met, like Yuri or Jin Sung Ha? So, yes, I think this was, uh, you know, this was somewhat alluded to at the fact that one of the things that Gustang wants um, is held within the same place that a young version of Jihad is held in. So I think that a lot of, and I actually think that all of the family heads um, have younger versions of their data stored in this floor. Because I think they all, if they all climbed the, the tower together, that means they all went through the train together. Which means that, like, if they all traveled together, they probably did everything as one unit. Um, so I would wager that there's a young version of every uh, family head in the uh, hidden floor, including Jihad. Um, but I do think that we also might see someone like... Uh, Jin Sung or Yuri, just off the fact that one, I kind of feel like flashbacks with some of the rankers have been hinted at. One, granted, is like, I guess not necessarily canon because it, way back when we read the blog post, there was that scene of Yuri and Lara Rowe uh, when they were younger, which leads me to believe that SIU has mapped out a lot of the older characters' younger history and what they've been through. So I wouldn't be surprised if like that stuff is referenced to or, or showcased in something like The Hidden Floor, which can literally. VR map, you know, out uh, people's past through their data. Um, yeah, and I think that's the one thing, because uh, again, like Ian was saying earlier, the floor of death is not my favorite arc either by any means. It's not bad at all. I just think it's, uh, of the arcs we've gone through, it's one of the weaker ones. Um, but I am very excited for the hidden floor arc, because I do think that, you know, this could, just this mechanic alone, like you know, the way Gustang was describing what it's capable of at the end, um, could open up like some really cool interactions and some really, you know, just interesting one. I mean, you know, we get to young Jihad. Um, that's the first interaction of, you know, granted it's not the Jihad that we, that exists now, but that's the first interaction we're going to get with Jihad. You know what I mean? 
Um, so th- I don't know. There's just something cool about that. Also, I got to know how the fuck Rack got there. I just got to know. <laughs> like, I'm just, I, I should, like, everybody's like, Gustang's like, bro, don't even, I, like, I, 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 ahead of the, I can't, I can't do it. I can't just roll up in the hidden floor. I'm like, Rack's there. How'd that happen? <laughs> I got to know. Rack's just a savage. <laughs> Apparently what it I is. Guess. And Rack also isn't a ranker. He hasn't been to the top, so that is the one thing. But, yeah, I'm very curious. I don't know how the hell they're going to explain that. He's like, I'm Rack. That's why. And it's like, duh, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I mirror a lot of the points that Isaiah made. Um, and I do think that we're going to see some younger folks, which is going to be really cool. And I one thing I'm very excited for, I know this kind of goes off the, the question, but something I just wanted to relay is I'm very excited to see where Jihad v. Bomb stack up against each other which actually i don't know if that's a question for later but if it wasn't i'm going to address it now i am very curious to see where that is because you know that they're at the same point right because jihad's data has not surpassed that and now bomb is just getting there so it's like this will be a good you know indicator of how far they have to go and i think that's another ulterior motive personally of gustang is besides get me x thing like, to see, okay, are you worthy? Like, are you going to be the guy to kill Jihad? Because if you can't beat him now when he's, like, halfway there, you know, with all the upgrades you got. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's not looking good. You're going to have to do some catching up. And, like, at the rate Bomb is going, it's, it's insanely fast. It's, like, how much faster could he go? So, yeah. if he's losing now, that's an issue. Because I don't know how much faster he could go before he just blows up or something, you know? So, on a real note, though, I am I'm very curious to see that, and it, it'll be cool to see some of the younger people, especially some of the family heads, who I also believe will be there as well for the ideas that Isaiah had put forth that they kind of u- moved as a unit from what we know, so it makes sense that they are there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be cool, and I, uh, like I said, I mirror a lot of the points. But anyway, getting into the next question here, question five by the Fire Potato. Thank you, Fire Potato. Says, thoughts on Gustang, 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 I don't know. What about his speech, uh, what about his speech about everyone being a bug? Is he too arrogant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, of course. You know, like these guys that are just, guys or girls that are just like top, top level, you know, or just like everyone's a bug. And like, to be fair, they kind of are, you know, Wh- which is really messed up to say. And like, I hate to say that because I even get pissed for them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, you know, bug this, you know, and just like fly up his butt or something like that or something. But, uh, you know, just give him a hard time. I, you know, definitely want to look out for the little guy here for the for the underdogs. Um, but he's not wrong in the sense that, you know, if he's referring to bug as something that he could crush with his foot, I don't doubt that he could crush 99% of these people he's calling bugs with his foot, you know, with no qualms about it. Like, he's on a different level like you can't imagine well you can i guess because you guys have read the story but like for anyone that's like who knows ian like and they try and compare it to like real it's like impossible you can't even compare that to real life it's like putting a toddler in front of a freaking b-42 attack helicopter you know what i'm saying like it's just what it's like what you know it's like i don't know bro i could do analogies all day but the point is is that yeah i mean maybe he's being arrogant when it comes to in general like i think there are people but maybe not right like i think i think he's being a dick i don't know if being a dick and being arrogant are the same thing in this situation maybe not you know i i guess he's being arrogant but like and i don't think it's rightful that he does it but i understand why he's being cocky like he is on a whole nother level of like godhood compared to where the other folks in the story are right now so uh thoughts about him i don't know i'm uh i don't know i never i'm gonna be honest with you maybe isaiah's got different thoughts but like 
when he first came on panel and when he was here, like, I wasn't like, bro, this guy, like, this guy's going to be sick. I was like, Yurik, punch this fucker right in his grill. Like, that, that's how I, you know, like, I don't know. I don't I, like, he's kind of like talking uppity. You know what I mean? He's like, bomb, your father is garbage. Okay. Yurik, you're going to do this. You're all bugs. You're not getting anywhere. Oh, and I'm going to wipe everyone's memory after we just went through all of this bullshit. You know what I mean? And he's like, because they wanted it. And it's like, wow, who decided that? Who died and made you king? Not Jihad, because he's still there, but whatever. I'm going off. I, I think Gustang's, like, he's I, but, like, he's definitely not one of my favorite characters. And it just so happens that, of course, he has to be, like, master botanist, so he's able to just, like, revive Rachel on the fly. And I'm like, what can't you do, bro, you know? He's just insane. I'm going off. What do you think about him? Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, thoughts on Gustang. I mean, so I, I just to go just to start off with the second tail end of this question here. Um, I do think he is arrogant, and I do think it is not warranted, but understood. I mean, we just had the whole thing about Yurik. This nigga's in that camp, bro. Like of these people who are just so nasty, powerful that like the life of somebody that's a regular like does doesn't even make sense to them because they're so just disconnected and so literally above that kind that way of life and that kind of person like they don't have to struggle to get what they want right only if that involves fighting somebody at their or above their level who if there's some nigga above their level my god <laughs> like because these dudes are they're insane they're literally insane and so yeah that comes with a level of arrogance for sure i think Yurik displayed Yurik displays a, a certain amount of arrogance. Does that come with being a dick? I don't think so. I think that's just tacked on to Gustang's personality because that's Gustang, I guess. Um, maybe there's something to be said about whatever his relationship is slash was with Arlene and V as to why he's the way he is or why he thinks about this the way he does. Because even for all intents and purposes, Yurik, like we've said, as arrogant as he can be, still has a good head on his shoulders and, and, and understands right from wrong. Um I don't think Gustang has that same head on his shoulders. Um, so I think that, like, perhaps there's some divergence, you know, there's there's some split uh, that they that they both t- took and that Yurik, you know, while pursuing this idea of, like, I want to be a hero and I want to I use my power to, to do what's right, Gustang is like, I'm going to use my power to get what I want. And if getting right happens to be, you know, in the same room, that's cool. <laughs> but, like, he's not, he's not, you know, tethered to that idea. Um, so, yeah, thoughts on him? I think I think I think he's pretty. He's interesting. I don't know. I, I think anytime these characters come in that are just like, "What do you want me to heal?" <laughs> Next, it's like, "All right, <laughs> let's address this real quick." Like, what? Who are you? What's happening here? Like, that's just it's crazy because it's crazy. I just it, you know, and and with what he wants, like my the biggest thing that interests me about him, and I've said this before, I think in our live stream, I find it fascinating that uh, one of the family heads. Um, would be willing to go this against Jihad and his empire because before we theorize that, um, you know, and even what sort of leads in my explanation for one of the last questions about the hidden floor, if Jihad and the Ten Family Heads all traveled together and all made it to the top together and took this pack of immortality together with the administrators, to my understanding, this that shit was like the inner circle, right? You weren't getting in between any of them and Jihad, but the fact that that circle is not as tight-knit as we once thought is interesting to me alone because it, it tells me that, A, they're not also like, yes, for the king, you know, that they, there is some semblance of like individuality with them and maybe they all, you know, maybe they all do have 
ulterior motives that are outside of or don't relate to jihad in his current empire. Um, I don't know. I'm sure some of them do. But it's interesting that, A, one of them doesn't. B, that he's gone to the lengths that he has to, you know, foresee that. And again, whether that's because of his, you know, incredible, you know, his, his, his uh, huge interest in Arlene, um, that he's now helping Garum stay hidden on the floor of death so that they could, you know, keep the, the thorn fragment safe for the savior. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, obviously there's enough about him that like, while that, while he has said that as his initial intention, it's like, okay, what is the end game here though for you? Cause clearly you're not, you wouldn't be willing to go about this the same way that like a Yurik would or Garum or Yuri. So like, I'm, I'm questioning that like, while you may have been in favor of Arlene, what your end goal here still doesn't like end well for a lot of the characters we know. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. He's, he's definitely interesting. I'll say that at the least arrogant. Absolutely. Yeah. And a speech about everybody that being seen as a bug again comes with the arrogance. It comes with the territory of being able to destroy people with your fingertips and white memories with, by thinking about it, you know, that kind of ability does not warrant uh, a level headed person. It just doesn't. And so I, I think it's, you know, it, there's, the, there's the interesting conversation that he has with Bomb where uh, they're talking about, um, you know, Bomb's like, all right, I'll do this thing for you, but do me a favor. You've got to, uh, you've got to get everybody on the floor of death out of here. And he's like, why would I do that? They, they all took a vote and they chose to be here. Like what, what you think just cause you don't like that choice of theirs that they came to like that we, we should change it. And so it's interesting to me that Gustang operates on this mentality of like, well, I'm not going to bend everything to my whim just because I can, you know what I mean? Like there does seem to be, albeit, you know, flimsy and probably somewhat flawed. Like, I guess for lack of a better term, a method to his madness, right? He's not just like actually running around and like, <laughs> like zapping and fucking swiping things and, and just altering things to his whim because he wants to, or because he can, there is like this, Oh, they, they all voted and they want to stay here. All right, whatever. Um, you know, and, and like, again, while I think most people might be quick to look at what Bam is saying, because it's through the eyes of the protagonist and be like, well, no, that's the right thing. He wants to save them. It's like, you know, again, if you, if you, you know, just to think about this a little more open-mindedly for a second, if all of the citizens of the floor of death did put it to a vote and they chose to stay, like, I, you know, one could argue that you're not saving them by getting them out of the floor of death, especially if most of them aren't going to survive past the floor of death. You're, you know, if it would be one thing if they didn't, if that wasn't the vote, if, or if there was no vote to begin with and they were like, you know, and then you're doing whatever. Um, but, you know, it's like if they put it to a vote, if there was a vote, you know, and that was the whole thing with Hell Joe initially, right? That's why he was upset or, you know, disturbed and sort of what pushed him into his deeper uh, realms of corruption um, because he was unhappy with that decision. But, like, that's exactly my point. If that was a decision that the masses came to, just because Bomb doesn't like that because inherently the, the idea of, I guess, being trapped here upsets him or being trapped anywhere against, like, you know, uh, their better judgment upsets him. Again, it's weird because it's like, well, Bomb, you necessarily shouldn't be the one deciding like what's good for all of them especially if again all of them decided like no oh, we're good we're, we're fine staying here um so i don't know i just for nothing else the the talking point of the juxtaposition i like the fact that some again someone like gustang who right off the bat comes off as like make arrogant nigga <laughs> like you know uh is the one who's like well hold on there kid like slow your roll we're not just like out here you know warping shit actually for the fuck of it. Like there is a little bit of like a, a methodology to the madness. Mm. Um, I, I'd actually like to play devil's advocate on that one for a little bit, because I, I, 
thought about this a little bit and some people were saying it in chat when we were going through a live stream and I, I do agree with a lot of your points that like Gustang seems to be very level-headed and he's like, listen, I'm not going to just go let the cats out of the bag here um, just because, you know, I'm just, you know, like the, they already had a vote, et cetera. But I do, I, there is a part of me and maybe because the bomb's wording was bad where he's like release everyone and you know what I mean? But like, I do think there's something to be said where it's like, okay, just because the majority vote was that, doesn't necessarily mean that everyone agrees with that. And statistical or like majority doesn't necessarily equate to rationale, right? A lot of times, or it doesn't necessarily equate to that. So like, I don't know, I would like, and again, I think obviously within the confines of the story, it's not like Bomb's gonna be like, hey, can you go through every single person that didn't agree with that vote and then release them? Like, obviously we're not gonna go through that, but this is what I like doing is kind of bringing the moral questions and dilemmas up to you as an audience member to decipher your own opinions uh, about them. So with that being said, like I said, I, I, I wish there was a world and I, this is something that I stand is that I think the people that in that scenario, if they were given it, you know, that didn't, that do want to leave should be given that choice. I think Gustang in a weird way also is doing what Bam or Bomb did in like a reverse way his method just seems more justified because they had that pre-existing vote, that vote, and fair enough. But it doesn't necessarily deem him to be God in that scenario. Um, I, I, and and what I mean specifically is when he wipes their minds. You know what I mean? I think I and this is again why I had the issue of of the wiping of the minds in general because I would like to see if these people still came to the same conclusions that they did initially now that they've been through whatever traumas that they have been and, and certain scenarios and see if their perspectives and viewpoints have been altered or changed, right? Like one vote to me doesn't necessarily have to dictate the rest of eternity, right? Like I'm pretty sure there's probably been times where somebody's voted for something or someone in a political office or for something silly, like something in your classroom, if you have like a class representative and then you went back and you're like, actually, you know what? I have second thoughts on that. Like, People change, you know, as individuals every every day really we're changing. But like if you met me five years ago, I'm a completely different person. I have completely different viewpoints than I didn't. I might have completely different viewpoints in another five years from now. So I don't know. I think um I think it's something to to think about, you know, and and kind of just taking it out of this story for a minute, just in general, um, what your thoughts on that are, right? I, I personally from the mindset that not the the multitude doesn't necessarily dictate always the right choice, you know, it's just, that's what the, that's what the more of the mob wanted, you know, in, in that case. And, um, I don't know. So I think it was, I don't think it was naive or, or arrogant or anything of bomb in, in a broad, in a grand sense. I just think the way that he worded it, you know, is that, okay, everyone gets to leave or everyone does leave, um, was definitely not the right way of going about it, but it would have been nice to see if, their memories weren't wiped, like what conclusions they come to, if it's the same or if it's different. But anyway, I just want to throw that point out there. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I mean, good points. I, I don't, I think that it's interesting because I I think it's just the, the thing for me is that like life, so like, you know, if we're equating this to like the real world, like we as people who live in a society that like lets us move around in it and operate in it and, and sort of like fluctuate to different, degrees of you know whatever you want to call it um is what allows us to change our perspectives and views on the world like you don't 
just like sit in your room and like play video games all day. And then five years later, you're like a different, whole different person, right? You become a different person because in that five years, you go through different experiences and you meet different people and you learn different skills and all that stuff. And like, it's those things that shape the reach, like the changing of you into the new you. Where it's like, I would imagine that for the citizens on the floor of death, like life is what it is. Like you're either a parasite that is just running around scourging to survive or you're somebody in one of these castles or like you're doing this thing that you do and then that's it. So I don't know. I would wager to say that like they probably don't change a lot. And, and you know, not to say that like, oh, well, they're people like, what do you mean they don't change? I don't think it's a manner of like whether you're a person or not or whether you're living. I think it's a, again, it's a manner of like your environment. If your environment doesn't provide you with the opportunities to grow and change, why would you have a different idea of the world? Why would you know anything or care about anything outside of what you do? Because what you do is all you know, and if all you know is going to provide you and bring you right back to the same outcome, then, you know, I don't know. I, I, I would wager that, like, you know, let's just say they make a vote, you know, and majority is like, no, we want to stay here. And then, I don't know, because time and tower doesn't mean anything, but, like, let's just say, like, five years later, they get the vote back again and, like, yeah, no, we're still staying here. Like, yeah. we're just doing what we do, you know? Yeah. No, I do. I think you make good points, too. And um, I think that that very well could be a scenario. I would wager that it probably would be the scenario. Um, I guess I just had issue with the fact that they didn't really have the ability to grow from that experience because their minds were wiped and reset. So if we're given said vote again, they're obviously going to vote the same way because we're back to square one where we were. But I'm curious to see where those people if they would have changed at all, or if not, given the experiences that they've now experienced, to be like, oh, this person did. Because there are some oh, people... Oh, you mean like the experiences of BAM and company, like, interacting in the floor of death? You mean like... Everything that went down. Yeah, like, yeah, the, you okay. know what I mean? Like, everything, you know, yeah, everything. Okay. Because there are people that do long for it, right? And mm. just Hell Joe being one of them is an example. Even before he has the power, he's like, I want to leave, right? Like, I I don't want to, you know, be here because the majority said it. And I, and I would just, I don't know, I would just be curious to see. So I think just yeah, offering yeah. a, you know, kind of like a devil's advocate type thing that I think Gustang, although maybe a little not just, I don't think Gustang A is justified in, in really wiping their memories. That's a separate issue. But I do think that it's interesting that Gustang says that it's like, who are you to decide that they should leave when they didn't want to, but then when given the opportunity to potentially grow from said situation, Gustang is not giving them that ability and dictating because I wipe your memory, we're going to end up in the same spot. So I, I yeah, actually yeah, think yeah. it's interesting the parallel between Gustang well, and think, Bomb in that scenario. I think it's because it's like... <laughs> I get. I guess you. You know, if you were to really think about it, it's like who's to say that everybody grew from that experience, and mm. some people weren't just straight traumatized by it. Um, well, it, I guess. I guess that's my point. Sorry to cut you off, but I, I. I think that's my point. At the end of the day, is that we don't. We could talk about hypotheticals of who grew from it, who didn't, who's going to cast a different vote, who's going to do the same. My decision or my point really comes from. Gustang, the the memory wiping, the fact that now these people theoretically don't even have that ability or choice. They're 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 where they were. They had no opportunity to grow from said experience. So it's interesting that Gustang wipes their memories and then lectures Bam in saying that it's like, who are you to decide? And it's like, right. well, that's what you just did for all these people because you yeah, just wiped I, all their memories. That that's really what I'm yeah. saying. I guess the the real crux of it then is that like they're both at fault because neither one of their options does actually allude anybody to that choice you're talking about yeah, where it's like yeah. if Gustang wiping their memory doesn't give them the choice to take that, that event in their life and learn from it, 
bomb just electing to free anybody doesn't give the people who maybe don't want to go a yeah. choice in the matter either. So exactly. it's like, really, at the end of the day, yeah. they're both in the wrong. I just think it's interesting that um, Gustang is the one who brings up this choice because, it, you know, it's one of those things that's like, I think uh, does actually tie in a little bit to his arrogance where it's mm-hmm. like, Gustang is not the kind of nigga who's like going to be like, you know what, you're right. Not everybody wanted to go, so I am, I'll go double check and see who did, like, he's sure. like, Literally, like, most of the niggas told me they want to stay. <laughs> What's the problem here? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. he's going to be like, ah, like, bam, I got shit to do. Okay? Like, they 60% said yes. Like, done. Um, yeah, but, yeah. yeah I, I guess, and, and again, that's the thing. It's so interesting to see, uh, you know, the further we go in the story, the more Bomb comes into contact with these beings who are who are above regular status and beyond, that Bomb's viewpoint, and it, it, it's, it's Specifically interesting because there have been a lot of, you know, very obvious parallels to him and Jihad at, at that when Jihad was climbing the tower at the mm. stage. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see how much Bomb's perspective uh, changes because, again, on the surface level, what Bomb asked for doesn't sound all that bad. But if nothing, if that conversation we just had doesn't allude to it, it is a different kind of, but the same kind of, you know, freedom regarding statement and 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 action that gustings is just on the reverse yeah, yeah yeah so uh, i'm interested to see if bomb is going to be able to get a, on a hold of that and like really understand that like bomb coming into a situation like because that's the main problem here we, we i think one of the things the floor of death uh does do great is people like bomb people like Yurik, people like gustang and even people like yuri these people who have power and ridiculous amounts of it it's a different thing for them to come into a scenario and be like wait, hold on, this is wrong, this isn't right, let me tell you what I think should be going on here, and it's like, whoa, 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 easy for you to say, like, Mr. I'm 100% all the time, and I have Superman's powers, like, on tap, we're not, and, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you can't just roll up into our, like, maybe some of us are fine here, bro, you know what I mean, and so, and, like, maybe they're not, and then you have gut, it's like, but these people who, in a sense, are playing God in making the decisions for these masses, it's interesting to see Bomb getting roped into that, yeah. right? Where it's like, Bomb, there is a scenario, and I can see a path where Bomb turns out really no different from Gustang. Sure. Again, even if it's on the flip end. Um, so I am curious going forward if there's going to be like a, you know, if that's going to be called attention to. Yeah, you know? no, 100%. Interesting stuff. Um, anyway, I think you have the next question. Yes. Uh, so it's by AK, AK Games 22 He says, thoughts on Endorsey and Garam meeting. How Endorsey wanted to see how, quote, one of the shoes that fell out of Jihad's display case was doing. In season one, she made a similar comment about the Jihad princesses and how Endorsey was interested in Anak's mother. Thoughts on Garam's advice to Endorsey that one day Endorsey will have to choose regarding Bam. Um, so thoughts on her meeting with Garam. I think it's pretty interesting. I, I always find it interesting, like, how many of the princesses know about, like, one another and how many of them and what their feelings are initially on them. Um, because way back in season one, when we learn about a knock, when we learn about endorsing, then we learn about a knock and their relations with each other. It's immediately ticked off that like, okay, just because like you're a princess and someone else's princess does not mean like y'all, y'all click, like y'all are cool. Um, and, and in a knock's case, there is no such thing as just like your princess flat out. That's it. You could be a princess. You could be a princess, but also somebody from a, a, uh, one of the 10 families. You could be in a Knox case, like a half princess, somebody who has genes, but isn't like there's, there's varying degrees of it. And obviously they all feel different kinds of ways about it. It's not until now in the story where you learn that basically the whole princess thing, surprise, surprise is basically a giant competition. Um, that Jihad is rigged. Um, but so it was interesting to see that in Dorsey, um, was kind of like, 
don't know if carefree necessarily is the right way to phrase it, but I can't really think of another way, um, about Garum and her position. Um, and I think this is, it's, it's alluded to that I think in some way, and Dorsey is like kind of looking at, is kind of looking at a mirror, right, in a way, because it's, it's alluded to that basically ever since, I want to say season two, when, um, maybe I'm remembering this correctly, but like season two, once Dorsey meets up with Bam again after the whole, uh, you know, all the workshop stuff, um, that Dorsey is having second thoughts about being a princess and leading that life and going down that chain. And maybe that's not the most, or shouldn't be the most important thing in her life because we know that when Dorsey meets Bam way back in season one, that's her goal. She's like, I'm a princess, I'm gonna climb the tower, I've done some fucked up shit, and I'm willing to do more if it means I get to stay in this position because I fought like fucking hell to get here and I'm not giving up because you make me feel bad about it. Um, but <laughs> through meeting and interacting with Bommore, that's exactly what he kind of ends up doing to her. So it's interesting that she makes the parallel way back about ending up as a shoe that gets thrown off the shelf. And I love the shoe analogy because it comes back several times. Um, it, they did reference it once again with uh, Elaine when she goes through the whole um, auction um, about the princesses being these shoes on the shelf, right? That, that Jihad shows off as like a collection. And these shoes that fall off the shelf are, are these princesses who are no longer willing to abide by Jihad's blatant, ridiculous uh, standards and rules and whatnot. And so you have people like Garum, you have people like Elaine, you have people like Endorsey, Yuri, who, uh, you know, who aren't just like comfortable sitting here and being like, yes, King Jihad, like, you know, all hail. They're like, no, but this is kind of fucked up. Um, and to varying degrees, but I think if in, if the thought is in Endorsey's mind right now of like, maybe there is a, a way to live life without being a princess, and maybe that life involves being with people like Bam or being with, you know, having friends and stuff. Finding out what Garum is going, what's going on with Garum, finding out what, she, what she's going through, in a way, is like looking in a mirror, right? It's like, okay, if I'm going to be somebody who casts away this role as a princess, that's the kind of life that I might have to live. Like, as a stowed, stowed runaway princess who is, you know, doing, you know, whatever she wants in a sense, but can't really get involved with, I guess, bigger things going on the tower um, because of what you've done to your reputation. Um, however, and getting into the last part of this question, thoughts on Garam's advice to Endorsey that uh, Endorsey will have to choose one day regarding Bam. That's what's up on the table here, right? Is if she chooses that she wants to. Um, be with Bam and, and, and she wants to, you know, lead the, you know, a life with her friends and all that stuff. That is effectively the same thing, at least in this world of the tower as like putting an X on Jihad and the princess order and all of that stuff, the empire, all of that stuff, all of you've made yourself an enemy to all of that now. Right. Um, but, and then vice versa, if she decides that she does ultimately want to continue down the role of like the traditional princess of Jihad, that's going to put her in direct opposition with people like bomb people like Koo, like the whole squad here. Um, and so I think Garum and Garum obviously knows that. I mean, like, I think, you know, one of the things that's cool here is seeing people like Yurik a little bit and, and Garum sort of play this like mom dad role with that, with the younger cast here where it's like, look, I know what you've got going on and, and our situations aren't the same, but like, I know, I know the path you're going down. I know like some of the choices that you're going to be led to believe or like that you're going to be led to have to make. So like, keep that in mind. Right. And that's, that's Garam's advice that like, if you, you know, rest assured, whatever it is you like about Bam or want Bam, find out how important it is to you because you will, you're not going to get to be a princess of Jihad and be with Bam, whether it's like a romantic thing you got with him or you just like him as a friend, 
if you want to be close to bomb indefinitely or, you know, whatever, um, there will come a day where you will have to take those shoes permanently off the shelf. Like you can't be a princess of jihad, at least in the, you know, the sense the of the reputation and stuff, but that's me. Yeah. Honestly, you hit it right on the head. I couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> and I'd just be beating a dead horse to go over the same exact talking points again. I, I think I mirror everything, everything that you said there. I think it was well said. So I'm going to go on to the final question here. So, Question number seven comes by one of our moderators, Roz. Thank you very much for the question, Roz. Roz asks, Gustang has lived a very long time, so he must know a lot of people. I'd agree. To say Bomb's dad is the worst person Gustang has ever met, what do y'all think V has done for Gustang to call him that? Yeah. Uh, okay. So if he stole his girl, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he stands our lean really hard, I would think the fact like if V actually um, ended his own life, I think that is is enough for someone who really stood or Arlene to be like you are the worst kind of scum because you not only did that but you left her in her absolute time of need. This is something that we were talking about. There's a theory going around that V didn't actually end his own life that. You know, there was some ulterior thing, but Gustang might not necessarily know that. In his eyes, it might have been that V ended his own life. So to him, as he rightfully should, is a little pissed about that because he's like, you just left her out to dry. Like, she's fighting jihad and however many parts of the 10 great families are out to get him. And, you know, she's got a kid. She's a single mother at this point. You really didn't help at all. So I could see it being something like that because... My thing is, like, unless V is someone that we totally are getting the wrong information on by Garam, which at this point, Garam says she's withholding information from Bomb, but it doesn't it doesn't specify that she's telling him false information. She just says that I can't tell you anything. So, yeah. and again, Garam herself might be misinformed, so fair enough. But I would wager to say that if you stand Arlene that hard, unless you were also in love with her, um, the guy that she picks right? If she's that good of a person, unless she's got some real daddy issues here, can't be all that terrible of a person to be around. It's like, Oh, Arlene, you are the greatest person of all. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like V V comes on scene and it's like, here he goes again, just beating his wife. And like, yeah, you want to throw up every time he's he's just going like, what's up, Arlene just smacks her right in the head. Like, you know, like what's this party getting started? Just pulls his pants down, starts peeing all over the stuff of the house. Like he couldn't be that bad. You know what I mean? Like for Arlene to want to be, (laughs) he could be, if he, if he is, I'll eat my own words. And again, we might not have all the, the true car facts here, but point being is that if Gustang stood Arlene and Arlene was as good, like for him to talk Arlene up that much, he must've really liked her. And unless it was to the point of infatuation and he was jealous of V, which I don't know, something's telling me that's not it because it'd be like, I don't know. It was like everybody simping on her. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Jihad, like fair enough, Gustang could, but I feel like that's Jihad's gig. You know what I mean? Like he loved her so much. I don't know if they do it twice for two characters. My prediction. I don't think it's infatuation with him is my prediction. So I don't think that again, that he would, that, that would be the only reason I could see him hating V beyond the, the suicide because I don't know. Again, I don't think Arlene would pick someone you know, when she has that choice, that is like the actual worst person alive, you know, like, I think it was, I think it'd be more along the lines of like, he did something to maybe betray her or he did something or, you know, him taking his own life was to him enough for you to him to be like, that was the most selfish act 
ever. Like, are you kidding me? You know, like, you're the worst person ever. I don't know. Or maybe they just had beef. Maybe they're just like, yo, you looking at me like that? And it's like, who the fuck was asking? You know what I mean? And it's like, you want to fight? You know, and like, they just always hate each other. Who knows? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, that is, uh, that's my theory on the okay. whole thing. Um, I, so I, I do, I, I, I can, I can see the angle of, uh, Gustang not liking V because of either the way something he like did. So here's my thing is Gustang being like a super, uh, like also being a super sim for Arlene, like does track in my mind because, you know, let's forget that, or let us not forget that Jihad probably, you know, I loved Arlene I would wager, you know, I don't know what, I haven't heard out of anything out of V's mouth, but like probably more than a lot of people in the tower. Um, but the second she was like, yeah, I choose V, he was like, the fuck? <laughs> so like, I think even if Gustang really did have the hots for, for Arlene, again, her choosing V to him was like, that nigga, really, you know, <laughs> like they might just be mad salty simps. And fair enough, if that's the, if, if that's the excuse, I do think it's a little lazy for lack of a better term to use that same exact thing twice so personally here's my here's my here's my little come here chat here's my <laughs> side thing. i think that this whole thing going on with arlene giving birth to bam who's like the savior i think gustang saw her as a specimen i think because gustang got a little scientific mind in him he's got a little medicine bug going on in the brain <laughs> i think he was like yo Arlene, like, let me get let me get a little injection of that blood real quick because I'm trying to like study it. I'm trying to like I think whatever it is, I think he picked up on the potential that Arlene and V's child could have, or maybe even just the potential that one of them have, and like that's what passed on to to Bam. But like saw that crazy potential, and maybe because he even knew someone like Enryu before was like, oh my god, if I'm right and all these the, these cards track up here, like that baby could be fucking crazy. <laughs> like, and, and then the fact that, you know, again, maybe when V decides to take his own life, if that's what happened, he's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Th no, no, this wasn't right. Like V you were supposed to stay with her. So that like, and like, I think something that happened between that trio there of V Arlene and Jihad through this whole natural plan off track. And now Gustang had to scramble too, because I think, I don't know. I kind of like the idea that Gustang is in this because of like the, the the scientific discovery aspect of it. Like he mm. wants to know how a being like Enryu could exist, and and if that was his surefire way, um, V dead. <laughs> V's just <laughs> gone dead, and Arlene's gone crazy, and he's like, "Fuck, this wasn't supposed to happen." Like, so maybe he's like again in lieu of what you were saying um, about being like killing yourself is the most selfish thing you could have ever done. But funny enough, not to Arlene, to him. He's like, oh, ah, okay. what the fuck? I needed you here. I like this. My research, all of it's gone. <laughs> and so I think again, that even maybe leads into his idea of like why he wants to test bomb. He's like, no, no, no. I need to make sure that like you're the real shit. Because like, if you are, then like me fucking holding up here for X amount of years was not a complete waste of my time. Um, so that's just my little you know tinfoil hat theory, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think Gustang's character design lends to simp material. I just think he's way too interested yeah, in like plants yeah. and, and rocket chips. Cause and I like, feel like that nigga really wanted a chick. Like that's like, you know, that yeah. he could do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. He doesn't strike me as a simp type. He strikes me as like women. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's yeah. just like, I have better ways to use my time. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I don't know. Like research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Discovery. I don't know. That's my, that's my two cents. But, um, 
Anyway, those are all the questions that we have for this episode. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed our banter between Isaiah and myself. Hopefully we answered the questions pervade to your heart's content. You guys got some laughs out of it. Maybe change your perspective on some things. Let us know in the comments down below what you thought of the discussion. If there's anything you'd like to add um, and there's any other questions that uh, have arisen. And again, make sure you guys are joining our community discord. Our link is in our description down below. So definitely check it out. It takes you two seconds. You join it up, join the ever-growing community, brilliant people there, and your question might be able to be displayed in one of our future TOG videos. Again, keep in touch with us throughout this week because we will maybe be doing a part two to this where we break down some other questions that didn't make the first initial cut. So anyway, like, share, subscribe. You know the drill. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss anything. Subscribe to AOA Reactions. But until next time, we'll catch you on the flip. Peace. Peace. Ninjas are samurais, blaze of the cool knives. Find me in the leaf of the cloud, screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though, who like seeing parts fly.